In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day here with me, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be really fantastic. I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. Lately, I've been reading the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. For those who aren't familiar with this book, Napoleon Hill was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to explore the secrets of success by interviewing over 500 of the wealthiest people in the world at the time. It was a 20-year undertaking, but Hill finally was able to publish his work in 1937 during the heart of the Great Depression. One of the stories was about Henry Ford. He wanted to produce the V8 engine, and he wanted his engineers to produce a design that would place all eight cylinders on one block. His en- Engineers told him it would be impossible, but Ford wanted it done anyway. This would be all that this team of engineers would work on. And at the end of six months, they told Ford it was impossible once again. Ford told them to keep going. At the end of 12 months, they told Ford the same thing. He again said that he wanted it, and we want you to keep going. Shortly thereafter, his team of engineers had the breakthrough that they needed. When Henry Ford was determined to have his result no matter what, how many of us have a goal and work hard at it, then finally give up? Many times, the work we have done brings us to the very brink of success, but we don't recognize it. As a result, someone else reaps the benefit of all of the work we did. The lesson here is we should not give up. We have to have a no-matter-what attitude. The rewards are great for those who simply don't give up. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, I want to give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this afternoon is the executive director of the No Matter What Foundation. And in 1998, he retired from the Marine Corps as a gunnery sergeant after a rare form of cancer attacked his eyes, brain, spine, and kidneys. Refusing to quit, he rebuilt himself and became an adventure athlete, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for charities, doing things that would make your head spin. And we'll talk about some of those today. He was one of fewer than 300 people ever to hike the 2,100-mile Appalachian Trail southbound. Most people do it the other way. He is only one of three people in the world to swim from Alcatraz Island to San Francisco with both his hands and feet tied. And he is the only person in history to swim across the Mississippi River while handcuffed, shackled at the ankles, and blindfolded. That's amazing. 
He's the author of No Matter What, How to Become Unstoppable, Despite the Obstacles, Starting Today, and is the subject of the documentary film Living Unstoppable. So with that in mind, I want to introduce my very special guest, Mr. Unstoppable himself, Jay Platt. Are you there, Jay? Hey, Brian, I am here. Fantastic. Welcome to Success Profiles Radio. It is an honor to have you here today. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. Good. Um, Before I ask you to talk about your background, the first thing I really want to ask is, why do you do these crazy, insane things? (laughs) That's a great question. I, you know, I actually kind of goes back to you said in the intro about, uh, you know, I was retired from the Marine Corps after I got this, this rare form of, uh, kind of a form of cancer. And um, it was pretty bad off at the time. I had, you know, the brain tumors, as you said, I had brain surgery and lost the left eye to it and had kidney cancer. And it's pretty bad off. And the uh, Marine Corps, you know, basically they retired me at that point. And the, the so-called medical experts, you know, told me that my best years were far, far behind me. And so, Mm. you know, I decided to go another way. And uh, at that point, I decided I would prove to, uh, you know, to the Marine Corps and to uh, the world and certainly to this disease that it was not going to get the best of me. And so the way I do this uh, is normally through physical-type challenges to show that I still am physically fit. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Just as fit today as I was when I was, you know, I'm 46 today, and I, I, I'm as fit today as I was when I was 26. And so uh, that's where a lot of these crazy things come into play. Uh, mm-hmm. I tend to do things that no one else has ever done just because not, uh, not just everybody, me included, with anybody that's listening to the show, we all uh, allow – uh, excuses, you know, to get in our way of why we can't do something. And so it would be very easy to mm-hmm. say, you know, I can't do that. And I want people yeah. to look and I always say, if, if a you know, one-eyed guy with a brain tumor, which is me, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I can do the kind of things I do, then what could you do? And it doesn't have to be physical by any means, but it's just mm-hmm. all about getting out of your comfort zone. And uh, right. that's what I choose to do. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I love... I love that you said that because I, I had uh, a moment where I, you know, look can look back and say, you know, if I can do this, I can do anything. I went skydiving probably ten or twelve years ago, and I did it twice. And really, that's my anchor moment. I mean, I mm-hmm. can look back and say, if I can do that, if I can jump out of a perfectly good airplane on purpose and live to tell about it, not once but twice, then you know, that's a, what yeah, else? great example. Exactly. What else can I do? A lot of people are afraid to do it, and, and uh, of course, I didn't tell my parents until after I did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Understandably so, they, they were a little freaked <laughs> yeah. out for a moment, but hey, that's, that's totally fine. But you know, uh, I, I did it, and I'm glad I can say that I did it, and I don't ever want to do it again. We will definitely <laughs> talk about some of the crazy, insane athletic stunts that you've done and, and your reasons for it. I want to ask, I mean, you went to the Marines. Was there a reason why you went into the Marines as opposed to any other branches of service? Yeah, man, that, that was all I ever wanted to do since I was 10. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I watched a movie called The Sands of Iwo Jima with John Wayne. <laughs> and, yes. uh, yeah, that's based in you know, World War II. And I don't know, man, something about that movie, it just like sparked in me that i that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be a Marine. And uh, so sure enough, you know, when I was 17, it was actually eight days after the bombing of the, the Beirut barracks. The Marines were in Beirut, and uh, the barracks got bombed. And eight days later, I joined the Marine Corps. You know, I was 17 years old. And, that uh, was in the early to mid-'80s, right? Yes, that was in 1983. 
And um, yeah, yeah, that's really all I ever wanted to do. I, it never crossed my mind to do anything else. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of people don't necessarily have that. They have to kind of find something. And you know, it certainly happened with me because I was only able to serve for for 15 years, as you said. And then I had mm-hmm. to you know find something else. To, you know, to do with my life, but uh, yeah, right. the Marine Corps is all I really ever can really think about that I ever wanted to do. Yeah. So, what kinds of things did you learn in the Marines that you probably would not have learned anywhere else had you not gone there at all? Well, you know, uh, Marine Corps—they have what's called core values, and so their core values are honor, courage, and commitment, and uh, those are really values I think that are just instilled in you. Um, and it's something I think it carry you know I carry on. I'm, another thing I, I really think you know that I've always been a pretty much self-disciplined person, but I'm certainly more uh, self-disciplined as a result of, of my Marine Corps background than than I probably would have been otherwise. And that's yeah. you know that has helped me tremendously in all sorts of ways. You know, overcoming uh, different adversities that I have. Uh, found myself into um mm-hmm. for instance like uh let's see last well actually not last it was actually january of this year i had mm-hmm. brain surgery um mm-hmm. that's the second brain surgery i've had and to be able to do the things i've had to do to to rebuild myself has required me to you know fall back on that self-discipline that was developed all those years ago and so mm-hmm. uh, i do credit the marine corps for that yeah do you occasionally uh, picture your drill sergeant still yelling in your ear when you come into a situation? <laughs> well, first of all, we call them drill instructors in the Marine Corps, and yes, okay. I do. And it's so funny because, you know, when I was 17 going through boot camp, um, I was terrified of those drill instructors. And, I mean, literally, I was just scared to death. Um, but I knew, I said, mm-hmm. man, one day I want to do this. <laughs> and so, sure enough, you know, about five years after I'd been in the Marine Corps, I was a sergeant. I was... Uh, you know, fortunate enough to be able to go to draw instructor school myself and become a draw instructor. And so, uh, there are a lot of Marines today that um, are Marines as a result of you know the training that I did. But yeah, you mm. never, as a Marine, you never forget. You know, if you had a good draw instructor, you'd never forget that draw instructor. That's for sure. Right. I would imagine accountability is uh, a huge value in the Marines as well. Uh, that's such a great point too. You know, accountability, being accountable for. You know your words and deeds. That, that's that's definitely, and I think that's you know something that obviously should go across the board. It shouldn't be just in the military, but you know we've had people, uh, politicians, for instance, and and business people that now are not necessarily accountable or don't hold themselves accountable, uh, even though others may. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's that, you know, sad when you think about it, because yeah, you're right. It's it's something that was instilled in me for sure. Absolutely. And, and of course, teamwork is, is absolutely huge, too. I would imagine, you know, once you've been in the Marines or any branch of the armed forces, you, you have an advantage if you decide to go work for someone else after you're done because of that. Yeah, I, I would think so. You know, the, uh, because certainly that's one of the things that you do learn as a Marine. There are no, uh, yeah, Rambo is only for the movies. <laughs> you know, right. So it's all a team effort, and uh, the thing I love that, that people don't understand is, um, like, when they're, you know, right now we're, you know, we're in two wars, and now we're in one war in Afghanistan, and so people will see, for instance, the infantry and think that Marines or Army or whatever, that, that all they do is they carry rifles and that they, you know, that's what they do. They go into battle and they're infantry, 
But it's really a team effort. There's, it goes all the way back, and that's what makes us a professional military compared with mm-hmm. third world countries is we're able to sustain that. So we have things like logistics, and uh, you know we have an air component, and mm-hmm. obviously there's tanks and artillery and all sorts of things. That it all you know is a team effort in order to make that successful for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. We are talking today with Jay Platt, and he is an author, a motivational speaker, and his documentary, Living Unstoppable, just came out last Friday. We will discuss this and so many more things after the break. We will be back on the other side. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. There's a new sheriff in town. All right, boys. It's time to bulletproof your taxes. It's Nellie Williams. Fridays at 1 Eastern here on the Rockstar Radio Network with Bulletproof Your Taxes. You can't avoid IRS problems with her audit proofing system. You know time is running out. The IRS is looking for you and your business, and it's only going to get worse because they're determined to close as many loopholes that currently exist for virtual businesses. Nellie knows this to be true because she's a former IRS tax audit supervisor. So you know she knows her stuff. And learn how to beat, not cheat the IRS, and keep more of what's yours so it doesn't become theirs. Check out her website, bulletproofyourtaxes.com. Imagine the peace of mind knowing your taxes are bulletproof. So we'll see you here, partner, for Bulletproof Your Taxes, Fridays at 1 Eastern, with Nellie Williams, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And welcome back. This is Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright. And my very special guest this week is Jay Platt, motivational speaker, author, adventure athlete, and uh, featured in the new uh, documentary that just came out called Living Unstoppable. And we'll talk about all of that later in the show. 
there's something that I wanted to ask you first, though, Jay. You did tell me privately that there was a phrase that changed your life. Tell me what it is. Yeah, okay. And the phrase is, let me just back up, though, because a friend of mine, this is when I first got diagnosed with this condition I have. Okay. And I was real depressed, and uh, the Marine Corps was going to be retiring me and all that. And he knew I was depressed, and so he's like, man, you've got to listen to these tapes. It, back then it was, you know, cassette tapes. You know, today right. it's CD or MP3, but... They just sat there in my truck for the longest time, and um, finally I did listen. And so what it was, it was the, it's called The Power of Purpose by Les Brown. Mm. And so I started listening to Les, and he's, what Power of Purpose is, it's a bunch of different speeches that Les gave. And um, the phrase that he said, the whole thing was just great. But what really got me was this phrase he said. Now, Les, if, if you don't know who, you know, Les, people who are listening, I know you do, Brian. But, um, yeah. you know, Les has got a big, deep, booming voice, and so this is what he said. This is the phrase. He says, used to bees don't make no honey. Let me say that again, because that's, uh, man, it just changed my life. Used to bees don't make no honey. And I was like, you know what? That is exactly what. I will end up being if if I just if all I can talk about is what I used to do and what I used to be because that's what Les says that if all you talk about is what you used to be, what you used to do, yeah, well back and so and so I did this. People don't care about that. It's it's mm-hmm. what are you doing today? And so when I really got that, when I you know really understood that phrase about used to be don't make honey, that's why I continue to do the things that I do. See, it's not enough, you know, for me to have said that, you know, I was one of fewer than 300 people ever to hike, through hike rather, the, the Appalachian Trail from Maine to Georgia when I did it. If that's all I did, okay, that's fine, but that's back in 1999 when I completed that trail. Yeah. You know, what have I done today? And, and again, I, please, you know, people who are listening to this, don't think I'm talking about something physical because I'm not. It's, but what are you doing today? Because you, because you did something 20 years ago or even last year. That's great, but what are you doing today? So that really and truly has just changed my life. Used to be, don't make no honey. <laughs> wow. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Les Brown is, is amazing. I mean, he, he's got such an energy, and I like Les Brown on Facebook, and so I see his updates on my Facebook page every day. So mm-hmm. that's, it's always uh, really awesome to be able to read what he has to say. Yeah. Now you are known for the no matter what philosophy. That's that's your your brand, really. I mean, Mister Unstoppable, mm-hmm. doing things no matter what. Tell us about the no matter what philosophy, where it came from, what it means to you, and how we can apply that. Yeah, in the simplest terms, it, it means that you know, no matter what the situation, that you're going to accomplish what you you know have chosen to accomplish. That you know you're committed to do what you have to do. And to me, when I talk about commitment, it's, it's simply that, is it's doing whatever you have to do as long as, and I always put a, you know, I think there's a little asterisk beside it, you know, there's a caveat that says as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral. I mean, that, that's my <laughs> take on it. You know. As long exactly. as those things, though, I will do whatever I have to do. And that's really what being a no-matter-what person is. Um, you know, no matter what, you know, it means that in the simplest terms. It's also an acronym that I came up with, uh, you know, I wrote a book, uh, the second book that I wrote was called No Matter What, and so each letter of No Matter What uh, stands for something different. 
and uh, mm. it's just a good memory key uh, that, that if you do each of those things, then you are, in fact, a no matter what type person. That's great, great. Now, you talk about three really important steps that you have to take uh, in order to make a di- difficult change in your life. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we have to change things in our life, whether it's something that is thrust upon us or whether it's something that we decide, you know what, I am no longer willing to put up with this and I'm not going to tolerate that mm-hmm. anymore. What are those three things that you talk about? Yeah, and I think it's that, and I actually think that it's any goal. You know, it's, okay. it's any goal you can think of, whether you want to make, you know, a million dollars within the next five years, whether you want to lose 20 pounds, whether you want to swim from Alcatraz to San Francisco, whether you want to do whatever it is you want to do, you need these three things. And I think they're they're vital, and I think that a lot of people, we all have the ability to have it, but we're lacking in one of these areas. And so the first one is courage. Uh, you know, it takes courage to make a change. And so a lot of times that when I talk about courage and some of the things I do rather are, you know, physical courage, you know, to swim across the Mississippi River blindfolded, handcuffed, and shackled the way I did, that's a mm-hmm. physical courage type thing. And that's what comes to mind for a lot of people when they say, oh, yeah, well, physical courage. But, see, I think physical courage is something that a lot of people can do. Uh, even you, for instance, when you jumped out of the airplane, that took yeah. a great amount of physical courage. Um, but yeah. it takes other type things too. But what people lack, oftentimes, Brian, I think, is the you know moral courage. First of all, which would be you know maybe you're you know speaking up when you know something is not right. Do you speak up or not? You know that little voice that's inside you just says, "Well, I, you know, I know it's wrong, but I'm just not going to say anything." That's you know the little courage voice, and that's fear. That's what's causing you not to do that. And so courage would be, "Hey, I'm afraid." But you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. That, that's what courage really is. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, the moral courage or, or even mentally, you know, being mentally courageous. And you jumping out of the plane <laughs> took a lot of mental courage, too. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, because to, to get out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, requires a lot of courage. It takes courage to do that. And so courage, clarity being, and clarity being means being very clear about uh, whatever it is that you want to do, knowing what you want, but also being very clear about why you want it. And then yeah. the, the third thing is commitment, being committed. And as I said earlier, I'll say it again because it is so important. Uh, to me, being committed means that you're willing to do whatever it takes, no matter what, as long as it meets those requirements of being legal, ethical, and moral. That you're willing right. to do whatever it takes, no matter what. And yeah. I think if you have those three things, and I have found this you know, not only in my own life, but in, in clients that I have worked with uh, one-on-one that, uh, if they'll have those three things, and doesn't mean these are going to be easy, right? Uh, but those are three simple steps, and there's a difference between simple and easy. But they're simple to do. Where it's not easy, it's not easy. It, it sometimes it's downright hard. But if you continue to do it, you'll accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah, courage, clarity, and commitment. Those are. Big, absolutely big. Mm -hmm. And if you have those, you have a really good chance of doing just about anything you really, really want. I love that. Mm -hmm. You also talk about the idea of committing to others, helping you commit to yourself. Is this an accountability principle that we're driving at here? Well, yeah, this is something that I learned actually when I, uh, you know, probably kind of knew it somewhat, but what I call it, you know, you put you put your back against the wall. <laughs> There's no telling what you can do, and so yeah, sort of sort of it is accountable. But, but let's just say that you started telling someone that you were going to do something. Now, and I used to do this a lot of times actually when I would do uh, management seminars. I would say, go back and you know, you tell 
even just send me an email. Say, you know what, I'm committed to do this. Now it's not just you that knows about it, but it's also, hey, I know about it also. So next time I see you, like Brian, let's say that if you said, you know, I'm going to make five phone calls a day. I'm committed to do that. And not just you know about it, but you tell me, I'm going to do this. And next time you and I talk, I ask you, Brian, have you been making five phone calls a day? <laughs> See, so it is accountable. But the way I learned all this was when I hiked mm-hmm. the Appalachian Trail, I did it as a fundraiser. Um, right. Because I think that's very important that it's, it's not just doing it for myself. I'm kind of committing to others. And uh, there were many times that I was on the Appalachian Trail, many times, that I just wanted to quit. <laughs> you know, I would, be, mm-hmm. I would be cold, tired, lonely, and I was like, man, I just I, I want to quit. But people were donating. See, people had already donated, uh, you know, so many cents per mile or so many dollars per mile for me to do this. And so I knew mm-hmm. that if I quit, I wasn't just quitting on me, I was quitting on them as well. And yeah. That really taught me a lot, and so from then on, every time I do a different kind of adventure, I'll always do it for someone for that very reason. Mm. Wow, that's a pretty powerful principle right there. Um, what I wanted to ask you next, I mean, accountability, of course, is very important, and it takes courage to do a lot of the things that, that you've done. How do you deal with those fears? Because obviously courage, uh, it means uh, either overcoming or, or managing your fear. You'll never make the fear completely go away. That's what makes us human. But how do you deal with your fears? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, and this is something I learned you know, a long time ago when I first started developing myself. Um, probably been, oh, I don't know, you know, 15 years ago when I really started developing myself. And someone, I don't remember exactly who, maybe it was Emerson, and this is just a kind of to paraphrase what he said, but he said that the, the surest death of fear is to face that fear. Mm. And for the most part, that is correct, because normally, and, and this isn't always the case, but normally our fears are irrational. And mm. I, I think some fears are legitimate, and that would be a rational fear. So a rational fear might be the fear of fire. You know, you have a fear that is in you that tells you, you know what, if I jump in that fire, I'm going to get burned up, and that's not a, a good idea. <laughs> and so you don't right. do it. That's, that's totally sensible. That's rational. But the irrational fear is to say, well, I'm not going to approach so-and-so because they may, you know, they may tell me no. Or, I mean, there's a bunch of things that you can think of about why you don't do something. All of it is mm-hmm. irrational. And so the best thing you can do is simply do it anyway. You know, say, you know what, I'm going to face my fear, I'm going to do it anyway. And what you said is correct. You know, it, it may not ever go away, but guess what? Courage is, is like any other muscle, that the more you use it, the more you develop it. The more you don't use it, the more it atrophies. And so yeah. just, if you think about it that way, just think of it as a muscle. Every day I'm going to do something to develop my courage muscle. Yeah. If your thing is... You know, getting on the phone with someone and making a, a sale, for instance, there's people that are listening that, you know, maybe they do phone sales, and that, you know, is, is a scary thing for them. The best thing they can do is just start making those calls because yeah. the fear may not ever go away, but as they do it, the more they do it, the stronger they get. The courage muscle gets stronger and stronger and stronger. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard it described quite like that. Overcoming fear and using courage is like a muscle. You have to keep using it. And on that note, we are up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be back on the other side. There's more to come.
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tugginet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 central on Tugginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jay Platt. We talked at the beginning about his Marine career and what he learned from that. We talked about his no matter what philosophy and the principles of success that guide him in his life and his career. Uh, we talked about something a little earlier that I'd like to explore some more, Jay. You have a chronic illness, and you talk about this in your documentary at length. I want to ask, because there are people out there who are listening who you may have health problems or health challenges, and they've had to deal with it in various ways. I'd like to know what difference this has made in your life, having a chronic illness. Oh, yes, great How question. you've dealt with it, because I think that's a fascinating topic. Yeah. It, it, it's you know, truly... Uh, you know, to say it was life-changing <laughs> would be an understatement. Um, yeah, I think sometimes, uh, you know, I think God slaps us around sometimes and it's, you know, yeah. to wake us up maybe, and it kind of woke me up. Um, yeah. It humbled me, quite honestly, is what it really did, though, is I was, when I got first got diagnosed, uh, I was a Marine and um, very physically fit and, and probably, you know, almost saw myself above other people, you know, kind of arrogant, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah I tell you what, it, it, 
really did a number on me as far as humbling me. Uh, you know, yeah. to literally go blind one day in your eye and be you know blind in my left eye that way, and you know later moving into my brain and kidneys and spinal cord and pancreas and different things I've had to deal with over the mm-hmm. years. It um, it's taught me a great deal, and I think the main thing it, it did was it, it gave me a better understanding of what other people uh, may be going through. You know, oftentimes we'll look at someone and we'll try to judge them for, for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what this really taught me is that you don't know what that person may be going through. Um, you, you also, that they may look fine to you from the way you're looking at them, but they may have something going on uh, inside that you have, you know, no idea. And uh, I think for, for those reasons, although I wouldn't, you know, wish this on, on anyone, um, I think it's been a blessing to me for that right there because, um, you know, I don't know if I would have learned those things had I not gone through the things I've gone through. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. Well, I mean, you've been through an awful lot, and you're coming through it great. I mean, look at what you're doing with your life now, and we're going to talk about some of those things right now. You uh, hiked the Appalachian Trail southbound from Maine to Georgia. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what it was like, why did you do it, how long did this take you? It was well over 1,000 miles, right? Did you do this by yourself? Yeah, it was 2,169 miles uh, oh when I did it. Uh, now it's actually a little bit further. I think it's 2,182 now. It kind of varies from year to year. And Yeah, I did that alone uh, very quickly. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the Appalachian Trail. So, you know, people are listening, you know, may or may not. I did not. Uh, but what it is, it's a trail that goes from Georgia to Maine, as I said, 2,169 miles. Um, and, you know, it's a little bit further than that nowadays. Uh, initially, what I wanted to do, I was still in the Marine Corps, getting ready to retire me. Uh, I read an article in, in Runner's World. I've always been a big runner about got this guy named Terry Fox. Terry was a he was a Canadian, and um, he had cancer, lost his left leg to it, and he decided he would run across Canada, which is over four thousand miles. Wow! He started running, and during the course of his run, it, to raise money and awareness for cancer research, and so you know, it really inspired me. And, and, and during his run, uh, he got about halfway across Canada and the cancer metastasized. It, it spread to other parts of his body. And so, you know, he's, he's on his deathbed and, and uh, just kind of quite literally just looked into had these TV cameras, you know, and he just looked at the cameras and said, you know, who's going to finish my run for me? Will you? You know, and, uh, man, I read that, I was like, gosh, I want to do something like that. I want to, I want to run across America. You know, I yeah. live in North Carolina on the coast, and I figured I would run to San Diego on the coast. Mm-hmm. And I started telling people about about this. I remember I told my dad, I was like, "Hey, you know, why don't you you know quit your job and you know follow me across the country in a van?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's like, "What?" You know, I had a brain tumor. He's like, "I think that brain tumor must be affecting your thinking." <laughs> right. But I wanted to do something, and that's when I come across, wow. I came across the Appalachian Trail. You know, yeah. all those miles, you know, over 2,100 miles, uh, very well marked. You don't even need a map or a compass. Every, about every 100 feet or so on a, on a tree, there's a white strip of paint. It's called a blaze. Oh. As long as you follow that trail that way, you could go all the way, you know, from Georgia to Maine. And as I said, the way I did it was went from, from Maine to Georgia. And, yeah. uh, man, I, I mean, I learned so much out there, and we can certainly talk about some of the lessons I learned yeah. while I was out there. Did Did you have a sense at any point in time where you were? Yeah, that's the other cool thing is that um, about every 
It varies, actually, but ever so often, um, let's say about every 100 miles, it, it normally it's a little bit closer than that, actually. It, the trail will meander through a small town, and a, a lot of times the, the town may be, say, three miles off the trail, but it's pretty close. And so you go in there, and that's where you're able to resupply. Um, some people buy groceries. I, um, it was my girlfriend at the time. Later, she, you know, she's my wife. Um, she would send me uh, food, and so I would go to the post office, and uh, there'd be a box there that she had sent, and I would get my food. And so you would know where you're at. And mm-hmm. the really cool thing is, um, you know, me originally being from Georgia, uh, I was familiar with the way you know the forest and things look. You know, from that point of view, but I found out that in each state, uh, the forest actually looks different, and there's different animals. For instance, up north, you know, in Maine and New Hampshire, the uh, different kind of rocks, different kind of trees. Up there, they have moose, which we do not have down south. They have porcupines, which we do not have down south, and so Hmm. it's really interesting for that. Hmm. Wow, that's that's awesome. Well, what kind of lessons did you learn during this trip? Well, probably the number one lesson was. Uh, a lesson on fear. <laughs> First of all, I learned that Jay is completely afraid of bears. <laughs> mm, yes. I had no idea I was afraid of bears, but about about a week before I was to go out there, spend all this time by myself, no weapon to protect me, I did something dumb. I watched a documentary called When Bears Attack. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> that was all I could think of. Man, I was like, man, these bears are going to get after me. And... Uh, but what really, you know, was interesting was I was out there for all those months, over five months, all by myself, but I never saw a bear. But I did mm-hmm. have to deal with a lot of fear. And the biggest fear I'd have to deal with would be at night, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night, I'd hear something walking around my tent. And, you know, although now I know it's just like an animal or something. Mm-hmm. Then, in my mind at least, it was Jason, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. It was all these horror movies that I had seen years ago, you know, and so that taught me a lot about fear too, about you know not just overcoming it, but but also like the things that you put into your mind, uh, wow. you know, that stays with you. I mean, I hadn't seen those kind of movies, for instance, you know, probably in in fifteen years. Yeah. But it still stayed in there, and so that's where a lot of our fears, you know, come from is that things yeah. that we've been putting into our mind now. Yeah. That's that's great. Um, let's let's shift topics because you did something else that was uh, really adventurous and perhaps even more dangerous in some respects. You, uh, to, for lack of a better phrase, you escaped from Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. <laughs> you you swam across the Alcatraz Channel from Alcatraz Island to San Francisco, and you did this with your hands tied together and your ankles shackled together. Is that right? That's right. Um, why why did you I, do that? You know, I had done the, the, the Appalachian Trail, of course, and, um, you know, so, so, you know, it goes back to that philosophy about used to be don't make no honey. And so, as people often do, ask me, you know, so what's next? You know, what you, it's, it's always funny to me, like, you know, it seems like as soon as I do something, that's the question people want to ask is, so what are you doing next? <laughs> so, somebody asked me a question, and, and that question, and I said, well, I'm going to swim from Alcatraz to San Francisco. It just popped into my mind that I would do that. And I didn't know that, I didn't know that anybody had ever done it or whatever. I, I remember I had seen the movie um, Escape from Alcatraz years ago with Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. And I thought that would be, you know, I said, well, that would be a challenge that, you know. And he said, well, I, no, you can't, you can't do that. And when people tell me you can't do something, it's just like, it's just like a trigger something in me. 
So I was like, of oh, course. I can't. I said, wait a minute, I didn't mean, I'm not just going to swim that way. I'm going to swim with my hands and feet tied. Now, the reason I knew I could do that was because I had learned to swim that way uh, in the Marine Corps. I was a water survival instructor, which means I, I taught other people how to swim. And we would we would do it with our hands and feet tied to show that if you would just relax, um, that, that you could, in fact, survive that way and swim mm. that way. And uh, so that's how I knew that, you know, that I could do that. Um, ended up being, uh, as I looked into it, Jack LaLanne, the old fitness guru who died last year. He had actually done that, and so I was like, well, okay, shoot, I'll be the second person. That's not bad to be you know, just behind Jack LaLanne. Right. And this is why, Brian, and, and people here listening, if you have a, a plan or an idea or a goal, you should go for it because just out of the blue, uh, my mom calls me one day and says, Jay, are you watching headline news? And I said, no, what? She says, you've got to turn it on. And there was this guy named Alberto Cristini who had flown over from Italy and swam from Alcatraz to San Francisco with his hands and feet tied. Mm. I could not believe I said, what in the heck? So that kind of got me off my butt because I was planning on doing it, but as other things were coming up, and I said, well, I'm definitely doing it now. And so I went out yeah. there, and that's how I ended up becoming you know, one of only three people to have ever done that. Um, also, I did it as a fundraiser for the Engine Marine Semper Fi Fund. Uh, for Marines and sailors who've been wounded in combat, and so it, that kind of goes back to my thing about you know putting your back against the wall because that that was very hard to do too. I mean, as you yeah. can imagine, it was it's so cold and the currents out there just you know crazy. Um, yeah, a lot that went on out there. Yeah, wow. We've got less than a minute before our next break. I do want us to start talking about your documentary, Living Unstoppable. It came out last Friday. Can you just very briefly tell us about what that's about, and then we'll explore it in much more detail after the final break. That, yeah, that's great. That goes back to my whole philosophy on you know living your life unstoppable. And so, that, um, and it, it's a documentary that was done that that really chronicles. Uh, my life from the time that I was a Marine to getting diagnosed with von Hippel-Lindau, this condition that I have, uh, to, to things that I have done to be able to overcome that, and then goes into the, diff- the different adventures that I have, uh, you know, done. And uh, it ends with, um, it culminates in the swim across the Mississippi River. It kind of builds up uh, yep. the training that I've done to that point, and then it, it culminates with that actual swim across the Mississippi River. That's great. And we were right up against the break. We will come right back on the other side to talk about Jay's documentary, Living Unstoppable. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, Business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no nonsense style, along with an innate ability to form connections with people, gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. 
We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And once again, we are back for our final segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jay Platt, and he has put together a documentary called Living Unstoppable. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about this documentary. Uh, You talked a little bit about this uh, before the last break. It's a documentary chronicling your life from the Marines to the chronic disease that you have, Von Hippel-Landau. Is that what it's called? Von Hippel-Landau. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and that affects your eyes and, and your brain and the kidney and, and your spinal cord and uh, your spine, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Wow. So tell us more about this documentary and what motivated you to swim across the Mississippi River because the end of the documentary shows uh, you swimming across the Mississippi River. It's really a very powerful moment in the movie. Yeah, well, the idea for this documentary came last year. I was going to be doing this swim, and you know, goes back to that philosophy about you speak. So I'm like, you know, honey, it's a, I wanted to do something, you know, big. I wanted, you know, continue my challenge myself, and you know, as I started looking into it, I said, well, I'm going to do something this time that no one has ever done, and um, that's when I decided to, you know, swim across the Mississippi River, you know not just handcuffed and shackled, but my hands would be behind my back. Uh, when, I done, when I swam like that out in Alcatraz, my hands were actually in the front. Mm. Um, and although your hands really don't have a whole lot to do with your you swimming, but people don't realize that. Um, still people would say, oh, yeah. I had this one guy say, oh, your hands were in the front. Oh, yeah, I understand how you did that. And it's funny when people say that because I'm thinking, you, you probably couldn't swim. <laughs> you know, right. Like that, you know, but he had the audacity to say that to me. So I said, well, you know what? I'll do it with my hands behind my back this time, just to show, show that you can still swim that way. And then to up to Annie, I decided, you know, that I would blindfold myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't want to do it just for myself. I wanted to do it for someone else. And so uh, I came up with a, a site called swimforthewarriors.com. And um, initially I was going to do it for the Wounded Warrior Project. Um, but 
uh, ended up doing it for for not just them but for some others as well. Um, they basically told me that they didn't want uh, their name associated with it because of the danger <laughs> involved. Oh. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm still going to do it for you, but I'm going to do it for a bunch of others too. I'm not just doing it for for them. And um, that's really what you know, starting it, and so I started, you know, documenting it. Um, wanted to document all the training I was doing and that kind of thing, and from there, it grew into um, a documentary film. Uh, mm. Just very quickly, I had a, a mentor of mine named Rick Butt, who, um, you know, I was thinking about maybe writing another book, and he said, you know, rather than write a book, why don't you do a documentary film on this? And that's really what got me started. Uh, you know, decided to, to do the documentary film, and uh, mm. that's where it came from. Wow, that's great. And you trained for about four months really hard for this. You did cardio, strength training, running, bicycling. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It was, it was uh, a lot of – it's actually more than anything it was leg work because I knew that uh, doing that swim would require a lot of leg endurance. Um, yes. Because you're having to swim off with your legs, and so, yeah, I worked extensively. You know, I was already in you know really good shape, but I worked extensively. Um, in all the things ways you just said. Yeah. Uh, to to build myself mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just to give people a vision, I mean, the Mississippi River starts up in St. Paul, Minnesota, where it's next to nothing, and it becomes really, really huge. By the time you get to Louisiana, you didn't go way up north and just swim the little part of the river. You swam uh, oh, no. the big part of the river, didn't you? Uh, I hope people will. <clears throat> Yeah, well, watch this. Um, yeah, it's uh, where I did the swim was about um, 700 meters wide, um, which is almost uh, half a mile wide. No, I, I, I take that back. It's actually more of like 900 meters wide because it was over. It was over half a mile wide, um, and um, the current was so strong though that you end up actually going about. Uh, a mile and a half is how strong that current is that carries you down. Yeah. Uh, turns just like unbelievably strong for sure. And it yeah. was so cold too. I, I did it November 11th, which is Veterans Day. Uh, and yeah. the water that day, because the water had, I did it about an hour south of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, the, the water had flown uh, from up north. It had come down. It was already, you know, probably mid fifties. It was how cold the water was. It was just wow. freezing. It was just so cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Did you have any swimming experience prior to doing this, or did you decide, oh, this is what I'm going to do? Oh no, that's a great question, and and, and uh, you know, I, I do not suggest that other people do that <laughs> for sure. I mean, I've been swimming my whole life, and, and uh, you know, for more than 25 years, uh, 25 years ago, uh, you know, I went mm-hmm. to water survival instructor school in the, in the Marine yeah. Corps, and, and uh, so I've got a lot of, a lot of, you know, if, and if I hadn't done the Alcatraz swim and a, a bunch of triathlons, that kind of thing, um, I, I never would have attempted it, for sure. Yeah. So anyone out there, if you're going to try something this dangerous, please do it within the context of something that you already know how to do, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such as swimming. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, let's move to another topic. This is my favorite question that I ask during any show. Who motivates you? Who inspires you? What keeps you going? Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, for me personally, and people can have their own belief. You know, what inspires me truly the most is, is Christ. Um, that, yeah. that that for me and my life, that's what I, tr- I try to strive for. Um, as far as a, a, on on this earth, as far as a person. Um, Les Brown truly has made a difference in my life. I never would have become a speaker myself if it had not been for Les. Um, there's no doubt about that. And um, 
I, I try to, you know, I, I'm not a speaker like Les by any means, but the things that he does, I, I, I try to watch and, and uh, you know, try to emulate for sure. I mean, I think I need to be right. my own person for sure, but uh, if you know anything about Les Brown's story, he, he's got quite a story himself for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he did the forward for one of your books, didn't he? Yes, he wrote, Les wrote the forward for my book, uh, no matter what. And uh, you know, I don't want people just to think, oh, yeah, well, he's a big hero of yours, and, and you know, you're a speaker, and he's a speaker, and it's probably just easy. Um, it, it was not easy by any means, and, and I don't know if it's just a thing of, of him you know, wanting to see how serious I was about it or if that's just the way it goes, or I don't know. But uh I had to pursue less for a long time. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It took a great deal of perseverance for me to uh, to get that forward. And uh, when he actually, uh, actually the way it was, you know, me pursuing him month after month, going, you know, place, you know, after he had told me he would and he didn't, and so I would show up where he was at, and I would say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that you said you would write the forward for. Mm-hmm. And finally I came up with the idea, I said, you know what, I'm going to write a Ford. I will write it, and you just go to Les and say, Les, all you have to do is just sign off on this. And that's what I did. I wrote mm-hmm. the Ford, I brought it to him, Les read what I had written, and he said, I, he said, no, I'll tear that up. He says, but you know what? And he announced it, it was, I was in this class, um, the speaker class, and um, he says, you know what, Jay has pursued me like nobody that I've ever known. And he says, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And he he looked at the Ford I'd written. He said, but I'm not going to do that one. And he, he ripped that up. And he, <laughs> he sat there in, in the middle of that class. And it's funny because I was going to this class that I didn't need. And it's for new speakers. I didn't need to go to it. But I, was, you know, I, wanted, to, I wanted to be where Les Brown was at. And yeah. uh, during the course of that class, he sat there and wrote me another Ford. And so by the time I left that day, I had the Ford in hand. Wow. Yeah. And that's a really that's a really big lesson too. I mean, sometimes you have to pursue something for a while in order to get it. I mean, you probably researched and figured out where is he going to be. I mean, if you want to reach somebody of influence, find out where they're going to be and then try and go meet them where they are. No, that's I mean, that's so true. Um you, you've got to be willing to do it and you've got to be willing to take no's for an answer. Um Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff that, that we all know and, and the, the things that, that you mentioned about uh, thinking or rich. It, it, it is so true that, you know, think about how many times, you know, Colonel Harlan Sanders, I mean, he was told like over a thousand no's before somebody would finally take his chicken recipe. And yeah. Thomas Edison, you know, the light bulb, like 10,000 times and it was, you know, before he created it, you know, and it's just yeah. like, I remembered all that stuff and so it was time to really put it into place. And so I just decided... If I'm truly committed on this, I'm going to continue, continue, continue mm-hmm. um, until he takes out some sort of restraining order <laughs> you yeah. know, against me or something. And uh, that's how I end up doing it. I, I just, I, you know, people quit, I think, way too soon. And there's no time what could be accomplished if you wouldn't quit. If you just decided, you know what, I'm not going to quit no matter what. Wow, that is a great lesson. So let me ask uh, Jay, what is next for you? Do you what are your plans? Uh, I mean, uh, apart from promoting your documentary, what you're doing now, what big adventure goals do you have coming up? Well, you know, when Jet Lane died last year, um, I decided, you know what, maybe I'll just take up Jack's mantle because about every five years or so, Jack would do something big, normally on like a, 
uh, a big birthday. And so for uh, for my 45th, that's when I swam, you know, the Mississippi River. And so my next big thing will be uh, when I'm 50. And um, so that's about four years off. And so between now and then, I'll just continue to train like I, you know, I could do. I'll continue to run marathons and triathlons and that kind of thing. And when I'm 50, I don't know, between now and then, and maybe I will, you know, start climbing mountains. Um, you know, Mount Everest is, is a great goal uh, to have, but could be something else as well. Um, just not really 100% sure yet what exactly it will be. Okay, great. So where can we find out more about you and your experiences as we close out the show? Yeah, well, um, first of all, thank you so, so much. It's been an awesome interview. And uh, Thank you. If people want to know more about me uh, and, and join, a, you know, I have a free newsletter that I send out uh, pretty much every week, and it's a great way for us to stay in touch. It's jplatt.com, J-A-Y-P-L-A-T-T.com. And another site that, that, that I have is just livingunstoppable.com. There you can find all about the documentary, Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer for the documentary, you could actually buy it there as well. And uh, one f- final thing, too, let me plug this, is um, uh, if you're on Facebook, um, every morning, Monday through Friday, I, I put out um, different quotes. And this morning was, was a mantra that I put out every Monday. And it's Unstoppable Insights. Just look up yes. Unstoppable Insights mm-hmm. uh, there on Facebook, and it's something that I, I really enjoy doing. That's great, and I vouch for that because I'm subscribed to that. We are at the end of the show. Thank you, Jay Platt, for being my fantastic guest this week. Join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern for another fantastic episode of Success Profiles Radio. You have a fantastic week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each week, 